0: Smoking Musket Podcast.
1: Bye guys, welcome to another edition of the Smoking Musket Podcast. Thank you for downloading and listening. Really, really, really appreciate it. But, so, alright. Number one, I'm in Star City, I'm David Smith, hello. Thank you for listening, I just said again. And, um, on tonight we have, to, to record this with me, we have the commandant of SmokyMusket.com making a, I don't know, return after two weeks of a little bit of time off from the podcast, uh, WIE 97. Mark, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. Podcast in the Raw. Yes. We are going to edit this as minimum as possible to make it so that you guys have this by Tuesday uh, midday, afternoon, something like that. Definitely not night. We will absolutely do that. That We will release it before then. But, mostly because Wednesday, National Signing Day, is coming up, and we want to be able to give you our information and in this podcast before then. And with that coming up, part two is with Chris Anderson of uh, earsports.com, which is the West Virginia Mountaineers 24-7 site. He is a badass whenever it comes to recruiting. He's our off-site recruiting guru. We, even though we have an on-site recruiting guru up to our up to my ears, correct? Yes. He is a insanely good writer whenever it comes to recruiting and uh, keeping all of our stuff up to date. But Chris is the man as well, so it's not bad to have multiple um, sources, right? Right. Multiple outlooks, whatever. So yeah, more information just- is good. Totally, 100. percent So we're gonna have him all in part two, but in part one, as we normally do, uh, we will go over the this week that was in basketball. In part th- three, we will preview the two games uh, in Norman, Oklahoma, and then uh, following will be at home against Baylor, number nineteen. But before then, Mark. Hi, Smitty. howdy, How are <laughs> howdy, howdy. <laughs> no, nah. just Peachy. Uh, t- 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 I'm t- happy to be here. It's been, it's been a long two weeks off. It has been. It feels good. It feels good for me right now to have you back, have your voice back. Mostly, I want to know is, uh, uh, the last time we spoke, you were preparing to come to Morgantown for some type of country music concert. Uh, I do believe that was the case. Yes,
0: it was. It was. In the- well, fortunately in this case, I'm, I had to miss the uh, Texas Longhorn WVU game because of it. <laughs> but so you um, were
1: the guy. You were the reason why we lost that game. That's no, what you're telling me. No,
0: not at all. I, I, me Brad, watching would not made a difference in that game. <laughs> <okay. All right. laughs> if it would have been less than five, maybe. What were you doing? We'll with us? It. I was in town for one of the Bra- the two Brad Paisley concerts, and it was just flat out amazing. I. I was not, I've was. never been a huge, I haven't been a huge country music fan since I left school, um, but I still like the genre to an extent, not so much the newer stuff, And but I've always liked Brad Paisley and the stuff that he's done, especially the way he reps the state and takes care, you know, just supports WVU in any way he can, the way he does things, and on top of that, I'm a guitar player. I'm a guitar, just someone an aficionado, and I knew he was a good guitar player. I knew he's a really good guitar player, but he blew me away that night. He is amazing. And oh. in, on top of on top of that, he had a bunch of. He really played into the West Virginia crowd. Um, his uh, background screens and everything had a, a bunch of WVU scenes. That he had recorded over the last several months, and even even a couple tailgating scenes from that night and the night before that he incorporated into the show. So it was a really good time. I like it.
1: Damn. So five out of five. Eleven. Eleven out of five. Yeah. Out of three. This goes to eleven. <laughs> it always. Goes well to done. 11. It always goes to eleven. Why don't you just make ten louder? But this but one this, goes to eleven. This goes to 11. <laughs> okay, did you? you know I, did, 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 on,
0: on that note, just just ran, random tidbit. I I saw it on the Chai, but I didn't believe it. You go you go to the IMDb uh, web page for This Is Spinal Tap, and yep. instead of the um, standard zero to ten ratings, it has it it has ten stars there, but it has a slash out of eleven.
1: Yes, good. <laughs> As it just, should. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, yeah, so let's move sorry. on to sports. No, yes. I, don't say sorry. Never say sorry for Spinal Tap. Awesome. Always good times. But, yes, so I just we just want to warn you again. There's going to be a lot of ums and ahs whenever it comes to all of this recording because we're going to edit this uh, as friendly as possible. Yeah, well, yeah, me, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm a professional at this at this point. No. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, so you're going to get a lot of the, uh, this is not going to be cleaned up. And, yes, that means any other time it is as cleaned up as we try to do. And that just says whatever you would like it to say. So maybe it will be better not edited. We'll see how this goes. Who knows? Maybe this will take off. Yeah, my, this might maybe be I should thing. stop talking about it. And let's actually get into sports. Monday Night Raw. Boom! It's on. By the way, I could turn it on. Yes, I have the Kansas game yes! in front of me. But yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> yes! Yeah. Okay, All right. okay. All right. West Virginia basketball. I I need to get into this. Yes, we do. Or else I'm just gonna start doing wrestling memes. <laughs> um, as of today, West Virginia moves up to number 15 in the polls, 18 and three. The Mountaineers are on the season 6-2 and two in the Big 12. Number 12 in the coaches' speak. polls. Yes, yeah, that's true. And West Virginia right now is one game back behind Kansas, uh, tied with Iowa State at second in the conference. And right now Kansas and Iowa State are playing on my television. And so what does that mean? I guess uh, Iowa State, if they won Kansas, would be – uh, a game behind us, and Iowa State would be a the game, half game in front half of game. us? Ha- yeah, half game, I mean. Iowa right? State would be a half game behind us, and then Kansas would be a
0: game and a half ahead of us. No, 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 I'm saying if Iowa State won. If Iowa State wins, we will be tied with Kansas. I see. Or half game behind Kansas. Yeah, I think it's Yeah, half half that's game it, that's right. Kansas. Yeah. Because every every win and every loss is worth half a game by every team. Yes. So. so.
1: Yeah, I'm obviously I'm not the biggest baseball person, or else I could be. Yeah, that that, that's the way it worked.
0: They would be they would be a half game ahead
1: of us, and they would be tied half game. Both of them would be half game ahead of us. Yeah, and so right now it's about it's uh, going the end of the first half right now. Kansas winning by five in Allen Fieldhouse. But you do not come here for Kansas talk. This is not rock chalk talk. No, it is not. It's West Virginia Mountaineers, Smoking Musket, Hot Takes, uh, Extraordinary Good Times. It's the Talking Musket. (laughs) Dot com. All of that is an actual URL that I must buy immediately. (laughs) It's the Talking
0: Musket. That's all I want to say. Yes. Thanks to Chris Hardwick, it's the Talking Musket.
1: For some reason, we never did that, but whatever. Anyway, yeah. So, West Virginia, (laughs) 2-0 on the week. Uh, They go into Manhattan, Kansas to win in the Octagon of Doom. 65 to 59. And a very West... hostile
0: octagon, my head. dad, my yes. very hostile. <laughs> Good lord.
1: Um, West Virginia ends up shooting 36%, uh, 65 points, like I said, uh, holding Kansas State to 59, forcing 13 steals off of the Wildcats, forcing 25 turnovers, and keeping uh, Kansas State to the, that 36%. Uh, field goal percentage margin. And honestly, it's really hard to talk about uh, a lot of the, I don't know, the stats whenever it comes to this game in, like, a normal sense because whenever you only score 65 points, like, uh, there's not a lot of points going around. And so, Juwan Staten getting 11, Gary Brown getting 9. But in my opinion, one of the biggest stories to this game was Tariq Phillip Coming, getting out of Huggins, uh, Coach Huggins' doghouse, and uh, really just playing very, very well. Even at like five of those points of his twelve were foul shots, but um, he was everywhere on the court. And I mean, it, it, that could be said throughout the roster, honestly, for this game. Yeah, it's it. it
0: look, and I I went over to bring on the cat site just. I mean, I, I didn't go over to mess with them. I just went to see what they were saying. Sure. And they were, they were like, they were so mad at it, at, at Weber because they're like, we know this is coming, this is this is coming, but they were still totally unprepared for it. Yes. Whether whether or not that's an actual indictment on Coach Weber and the way he prepared the team, or it didn't, it was, or in spite of that preparation, that's and I'm I'm. At this point in the season, I'm tending to lean toward the latter. Just because. Well, I, I, don't, gotta
1: I don't know. It's got to be a little I mean, bit of both, but... It does. And number one going... I mean, we covered it on the last podcast that uh, Kansas State was 260th going into the game in, uh, whenever it came to turnovers, and that was before they had played us. So, um, whenever we're facing a team that is prone to turning the ball over, and we already kind of do that, we force people to do that anyway... Um, you're going to get what you got. It was a very, I don't know. Uh, it, it, <sighs> but typically those are
0: live ball turnovers. There were a lot of dead ball turnovers. That they yes. Had.
1: Lots of five seconds calls. It's like, in whatever I say five seconds, I mean inbounding violations. I mean five seconds where our defender is guarding for The maximum five seconds. There were a few uh, half-court calls, uh, not crossing the ten-second line. Um, Several of those. This game was very, very, very ugly, and took a uh, long time to play too. Yes, (laughs) you mentioned it. (laughs) Yes, absolutely did. Um, I forgot about that. But yeah, no, it's okay. But this game really. I'm trying to find the words. There's just so many like adjectives that are just not good. It, it's, it was a very ugly game where, I mean, it, it took a tough team to just duke it out. It was largely a fistfight because there was nothing pretty about this game at all. Um, West Virginia was able to hit some shots. They were able to get some transition buckets. Um, they really... Didn't put Kansas State away whenever it came to uh, the final few minutes, where the Mountaineers really should have uh, drove the dagger in with foul shots, but they kept on missing foul shots and continued to foul Kansas State for no reason at all, which was just mind blowing to me. But Kansas State, after the five minute mark, they were so gassed from putting up with the full court press for. Uh, was that the game? Was that the game that Holton got the technical like 13 seconds into the game? Yes. It?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, he did. Because I, I turned it on like apparently 15 seconds of the game going, what the hell happened?
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. But, I mean, Kansas State was so gassed by the end of the game that they couldn't um, build up the energy to you know, for that last push. They just didn't have anything left in the, uh, in the That's
0: That was as gassed of a, of a basketball team as I've seen on the floor yeah. in, in, in in major competition. And without overtime. Yeah, I mean, it was. Means, I, I mean, like it, they were clearly, well. clearly fatigued. I mean, it. Worst. I mean, basketball players, as as a general rule, are going to be fatigued at the end of the game. But I mean, this was like above and beyond, way, way beyond what you're used to seeing.
1: Yeah. So I mean, coming out of this game now, uh, West Virginia avoids. What would be? It wouldn't be a bad loss, but it wouldn't be. It's not a fantastic win. I mean, then again, I mean, any win on the road is absolutely a chip whenever it comes to the resume. But um, I don't know. Whatever the case day is twelve it's, and nine, it was, it was one of it the games that you're great. supposed to win. Yes, absolutely, I mean, it, even on the road.
0: Yeah, it was a game we were supposed to win, and we 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 were able to I literally fight through it and win.
1: Yeah, and one of the other uh, big things w- to come out of this game is that Jawan Staten, he was kind of going through a rough patch and ends up getting 11. Um, he controlled a lot of this game. Him and Gar- Gary Brown were able to... Well, Gary Brown didn't honestly have that great of a game, but, um, but they were at least able to control the game much better than the Kansas State guards. Uh, Javon Carter had a very good game as well. You can see him and Daxter Miles, we say this every week, They show up to play, and they're major, major utility guys already only being um, in this program for less than a year. Uh, It's wonderful to see them produce the way they do. And also, Devin Williams, whenever – I mean, I ended up tweeting this, and I think I kind of made some K-State people mad whenever I said this. But Devin Williams had a lot to do with how the reason – he was a lot to – he had a lot to do with West Virginia winning this game, getting nine rebounds and eight points. Um, that isn't exactly an impressive stat line whenever it comes to what Devin usually puts out, but in a game like this, nine rebounds were they were absolutely crucial, and West Virginia needed those buckets whenever um they went to him to get out of the funks that they were that put themselves into, and he 100% outplayed Thomas Gibson, the Kansas State center. Yeah, you could yeah. tell whenever he was on the floor. Let's put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Gibson,
0: Gibson had played a really good game, and and even though he only came up with eight points and six rebounds, he just his he's a big physical presence. That's
1: just it's hard to ignore him on the For floor. For sure. Well, and, and me saying that he outplayed that Devin Williams outplayed Gibson isn't necessarily a indictment on Gibson. It's it's a big compliment to Devin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Um.
0: I'm. Part of me, if I was a K State fan, I'd like to, to have seen what what would have what would have happened if Nino Williams hadn't have gotten hurt. Yeah, that, I think that that might have made the game. Clo- I don't want to say closer, but it just it made it, maybe it would have been closer. Even though we only won by like six points, it never really felt like it was in doubt a whole lot. It just I don't know.
1: It was yeah, just one of those weird.
0: It's just one of those weird games. Okay, where there we kept them at arm's length, but we never could pull away from them. But it just just never felt like they could mount any kind of run to chip into that. So we just kind of like just played along with that.
1: Yep. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, at this point, West Virginia comes out of the win with a win at sixty-five, fifty-nine. They moved on from that game seventeen and three, but. Uh, They turned around leaving uh, Manhattan, Kansas, on Tuesday to turn around on Saturday. Saturday? 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 Saturday. Saturday Saturday? Saturday. to play Texas Tech. Grave digger. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Tubby Smith and the Texas Tech Red Raiders. West Virginia comes out of this one as well, 77 to 58 winners. Over the Texas Tech Red Raiders, Texas Tech uh, left being 11-11, one and eight in the Big 12, but West Virginia improves to 18 and three, six and two, and this game was boring in a good way, at least yeah. whenever it came to the second half.
0: Absolutely, because I mean, I, I had to it got to the point where I was just I had the game on, but really wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to it. Yeah, to be honest with you.
1: I mean, yeah, Devin Williams has an amazing game, getting 18 points. And surprisingly I'm really surprised he didn't get uh get a double double. He only got eight rebounds. I almost saying only eight, but it just seemed like more of Part- um, Jonathan Holton only getting eight points eight eight excuse me rebounds as well. But yeah, Devin Williams getting eighteen, Daxter Miles Junior getting twelve, Gary Brown getting ten, Juan Staten getting eleven, and pretty sure the entire roster on the bench uh, oh, were able to get in this for this one because um West Virginia was absolutely controlling the game it- towards the uh, pretty much the entire second half. One of the bigger reasons Devin didn't get his double doubles because
0: we actually shot the ball really yeah. well that day. <laughs> we yeah. shot 48% on
1: Saturday, which is like, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah, right? Like It's unbelievable what this team looks like whenever they shoot average. And if they shoot 48%, you're not winning the game, especially whenever it's a Morgantown. I mean, uh like Daxter Miles was able to hit two threes. Gary Brown was able to hit two threes. Jawan Staten went two for three, three, three from two for three from beyond the arc. I shouldn't say for three. Whenever I say two for three, I should say two for three from beyond the mark. And again, we're keeping all this in. So you just heard that. <laughs> so you're welcome. This is good stuff. That's Case right. Conner you gets are welcome. Javon Carter gets a three. Uh, Jay Sean Page gets two threes. So it was nice to see the lid come off of the Mountaineers' basket a little bit there. And it's still only resulting in 77 points. But uh, but it's, it's just nice to see this team score and lock down Texas Tech to 58 points. But the true story here is, okay, I, I need, how do we describe this play that happened here in the first half?
0: Oh, that play! (laughs) At first, I'm like, "Where's he going with
1: this?" (laughs) How do we we describe this?
0: Well, um, we turned the ball over, and I can't remember the guy's name for which one of the Raider, which one of the Texas Tech guys was. I think it might have been Robert Turner, their guard, if I'm not mistaken
1: he went up for a
0: layup and got a hard foul from mr It was a fast break yeah it was a fast break and he and he went up for a layup and got a hard foul from mr brandon watkins and it was a really weird um sequence of events in real time (laughs) you really had to go back and rewind it and watch it several times to figure out what happened but
1: yeah, I mean I I had to watch it in real time I was at the game and so um from where I was sitting, I didn't quite get a clear look at it, but so with the guard did you say are we going with uh Turner? Is that who we're going with? It was with? one of their guards. It wasn't a very <laughs> it was
0: one of the smaller guys. I know that much.
1: We we apologize if it was not Turner, but he goes sprinting down the court after um successfully getting the steal from West Virginia. Brandon Watkins sprints down the court. I believe also uh, Jay Sean Page was somewhere yes. in the area. Yeah, they were both right there. Yeah. And so Brandon Watkins, I mean, whenever two grown men are sprinting towards the bucket, everyone's kind of afraid of someone getting hurt. But Brandon Watkins does not uh, hold any punches. Oh, okay, that's a bad phrase. To say <laughs> a <good point>. um, <laughs> he does not let up. Let's put it this way. He fully yeah. contests the basket. Yeah. And both parties end up on the floor uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. I believe it's Norenzi Odiasi. Thank you, Odiasi. I knew that, and then I just wasn't. Yeah. So Odiasi for Texas Tech uh, takes offense to Brandon Watkins's uh, I don't know, full contention of the shot, and in a very hockey sense, goes up to I don't know, support his guy, kind of gets in Brandon Watkins' face a little bit and, and walking flips him the double, double bird, d- double state salute <laughs> double bird yep two times and uh i w- was okay but I was at, at that point, point were there was there a
0: punch thrown? That's the funny thing. is In real time, it looked like there may have been a punch thrown, but when you go back and watch it, it was actually a referee <laughs> trying to step, step in, but it's throwing his arms between people. It looked like a punch from a player, but it was actually a referee just trying to break it so, up. Uh, and he knocked flailing. one of our guys down. I think it was... I forget who he knocked down, but he knocked down one of our guys, and it looked it looked a lot worse in real time until you went back and watched it. So, But, it, but at the same time, Odiasi just never really got physical with it. I mean, other than just throwing his chest out and just kept coming after he would not back down when, even after they tried to settle him down because apparently he, he felt like he was fouled in the, in the previous or in the previous uh, possession and or something along those lines, or he got a foul called on him down at the other end. I can't remember how it happened, but he wasn't happy that, that was that was called and th- this wasn't called or whatever and just he just kept coming after him. I just I've never seen a player just he lost just, it yeah he, he lo- losing it but not getting physical with it because I'm sitting there going what in the world happened and it took several replays and checking of Twitter and Facebook and they're like oh he got flipped off <laughs> <laughs> so good but, but still you, you
1: still got to get control yourself to better than that which yeah yeah and i was actually kind of surprised um that the rest the, the rest of the west virginia team didn't really i don't know it, it didn't escalate does that make sense yeah like yes the double bird was i mean that's that's pretty bad really. um we're we're not really defending that you can't do that i mean it's no. funny it's yeah. funny it's... but you but i'm I, i'm uh, honestly i was surpri- i was surpri-
0: pleasantly surprised that no players from either bench left the bench which which, well which, done. which that which is an automatic ejection but even even knowing that tempers and emotions get the best of people and yep. and it especially on a basketball court it's a lot easier to leave the bench than it is like a football field or a baseball field it's it's really easy just to take one step onto the floor and as soon as you do that you're gone. That yep. did not happen, thankfully.
1: Yeah. So thumbs up for both benches not leaving them. Thank now,
0: you. Now now Tubby, now Tubby and Hugs and a bunch of assistant coaches were out there rightfully. Yeah. Trying to settle it down, but
1: Yeah. But know, no, no extra players showed up, which was a good thing cuz that could have got
0: really really ugly.
1: And that literally ends the interesting part of the Texas Tech conversation. Yes, it does. Because <laughs> West Virginia really controls this game. Um, I, I, yes, it's awesome to be able to talk about the fact that West Virginia controlled it, but we expected it um, with Texas Tech winning against Iowa State uh, two games ago for them and then getting absolutely blown out, like historically blown out in Norman. We weren't really sure what to expect from them. But yeah, this is not necessarily I don't know unexpected that West Virginia was able to control the game and win handily yeah, uh, by 19. Yeah, Mike,
0: Mike even hit it on hit on it in his column today about he he didn't use our term the frustration event horizon but he all but used it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like. a – this this team is like a bunch of swimming sharks and then they they smell blood and see you starting to get frustrated they just feed off of it and they just get more intense with it it's 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 an amazing thing to watch and it it it, it can cause for some ugly basketball which we've seen obviously but it also makes for a nice record at this point
1: <laughs> sure yeah absolutely and that nice record right now stands as i said before 18-3 West Virginia goes into this week going to Norman February 3rd, which is tomorrow night, Tuesday night, which is, yeah, the It'll night be before tonight Sunday. tonight by the time Day. you hear this. Yes, correct. Um, that will be at 8 p.m. that Oklahoma game, and it will be on ESPN2, watch ESPN app. Deuce. And so, yeah, the, the deuce, the dose. And then after that, you don't remember when playing... the
0: ESPN2 just first came out, do you? No. It, was the, it was the
1: deuce. What? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. I have no idea. You young whippersnapper. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, so after that, West Virginia on Saturday hosts Baylor number 19 at noon. I am not sure of the channel of that, but I will have it for you by part three whenever we eventually uh will give you full previews of those two games. But before then, because West Virginia and the rest of the college football nation has National Signing Day on Wednesday, which is tomorrow for you, listener. Oh, well, I mean, it could, you could be listening to this whenever time you'd like, but this will be re- released Tuesday. We will eventually stop saying that, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just feel like I need to continuously remind we, myself uh, <laughs> that we're, like I'm not going to be able to clean this up as much as I usually do. But <laughs> yeah, so
0: let's let's wrap this up and move on to part
1: two yes, part two Chris Anderson coming on of earsports dot com uh fantastic honestly and the our interview that we had with him number one the first one we did had to be redone because my computer went dumb, so you sent him all the gold medals and cookies like not like computer cookies like cash but um but you know you're, actual, you're such a nerd actual <laughs> baked cookies send him all of them from us <laughs> so yeah so honestly go enjoy this it's, it's a wonderful piece of journalism I'm I will be surprised if I'm not I'm probably gonna enter it for the Pulitzer so I, wanna, I so, want I yeah. want it for a Peabody Peabody that'd be good too yeah, I'm taking both. All right, both P awards. But yeah, see you folks on the other side. Yes, going on part two. Enjoy this musical interlude, and we will be back for part two right after this. Bye, guys. welcome to part two of the Smoking Musket Podcast. We have on Chris Anderson of Earsports.com, the West Virginia University 24-7 website. You can find everything that has anything to do with recruiting, especially Mountaineer recruiting, and everything that has to do with Mountaineer Sports on that website. And Chris, like I said, is the publisher. You can find him on Twitter.com, at CMAnderson247. Chris, thank you again for coming on the show. This is take two. So we're going to see if we can do as well as the first time. <laughs> uh, I hope Good so. times. Yes, it would be nice. I believe everything is working technology-wise on this side. But listener, you don't care about that. But um but if you have not been listening to this podcast long and uh If you are a new person, whenever it comes, a new listener to this podcast, this is the second time Chris has been on, and um, we all know how busy he he is whenever it comes to this time of the year, but outside of recruiting and the decisions of 17- to 18-year-old high school athletes, what's going on, man? How you been? (laughs) Uh, Good, you know, just
2: trying to stay warm, get through the winter, and and get ready for, you know, get through signing day and get ready for spring football and another new season again. Start it all over.
1: Yep, start it all over. And uh, that is why we have you on this week. uh, With National Signing Day being a Wednesday, for anyone that does not follow uh, recruiting that well or has no idea what National Signing Day is, uh, is the day that, that I I guess it's the first day that uh, teams are allowed to, uh, sign off on scholarships or something like that, or is it just like a customary? I'm not really sure about this. Like, I, I never really thought about it before.
2: Well, actually, it's it, everybody references it as signing day. It's really a signing period that that starts Wednesday and just goes through. I think it's the end of April, and but it's just become such a thing, you know, a tradition over the over the years that. Uh, you know, 99% of the kids know exactly where they want to go by the time signing day rolls around, so it's kind of just turned into into signing day instead of the signing period.
1: I think I I, I should have known that. I actually, I'm pretty sure I did. I just kind of, I'm I'm all loosey goosey right now. But um, before we get into necessarily all the faxes that will be coming in on Wednesday, uh. The headline from either today or like this weekend or whatever, uh, Tony Howard, um, there's some type of dispute with the West Virginia coaches. Can you break down what really happened there?
2: Yeah, well, you know, with a lot of the kids that give their verbal commitment, uh, it comes with a set of ground rules. Some kids, when they make their, their pledge to West Virginia or, or whatever school, uh, it's with the understanding that they'll still take visits. Other kids, it's with – the understanding that they won't take visits. And in Howard's case, um, the coaches made it clear to him that, that they did not want him to take visits to other schools, that if, if they were going to stay true to him and, and honor the scholarship that they had verbally offered him and and not recruited other people to take his spot, that he would not then uh, you know take visits to other schools. As, as it turns out, he did, and the coaches uh, chose to part ways uh, is, is what I understand.
1: So is that like a common occurrence for coaches to do that? And is that a policy for Western University uh, athletics just as a whole, or is it because they weren't recruiting anybody else? Was it like a promise made to him that yeah, I mean it's, else from there?
2: it's it's not for every every recruit, uh, you know. And and yes, some of it may have to do with you know with skill level or need. You know, if there's a lot of other kids at the position. But most of the time it's, it's simply because they've made that agreement beforehand when they accept that commitment because you know, when it comes to the time for the recruit to make that verbal commitment, they call and they speak with the coaching staff, including you know head coach Dana Holgerson, and, and discuss exactly where it's going from there. And, and some kids like Khalil Lewis, the wide receiver out of Miramar, uh, he committed with the understanding that he would still take a couple more visits, and he did, um, but with Howard it was understood that he wouldn't. And, uh, you know, a lot of schools uh, have those type of rules. Uh, West Virginia's had it for a while. They did the same thing with a running back a couple years back. Uh, uh, Offensive lineman last year, Josh Kroc, who was told he was not to take visits. He was committed for 10, 11 months and then decided he wanted to visit Kentucky. And the coaches said, okay, thanks, bye. And and that was that.
1: Wow. Jeez. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) <laughs> hey, it makes sense. I mean, if you're if they're going uh, to invest in you and I don't know, it's a mutual agreement, I guess, signing off, whatever. Two keys to turn. This is a very submarine talk right now. But, um, but OK, so let's actually get to talk about signing day, uh, national signing day being on Wednesday. Uh, I'm sure if I've already said that at least three or four times at this point. Um, whenever at all of the college programs around the nation start off their, uh, their fax machines, which I'm sure that they got from, uh, circuit city many, many, many years ago. Um, because no one sells, I mean, do, do they, do, do we still sell fax machines? Is that, is that a thing? I have no idea, <laughs> but, um, I've
2: never seen one.
1: Yeah, seriously, <laughs> you shouldn't really. It, yeah. I don't, I'm pretty sure they don't even have that heading on major, like best buy. Like, that's probably not even something you could search for. Anyway, yeah. I'm getting ahead of myself. But um, uh, before we get into actually anybody that will be sending in their stuff, um, can you tell us about some of the players that have already early enrolled in the program of the class of 2015?
2: Well, there's three of them uh, right now that enrolled for the spring semester. Uh, and I guess, well, technically I guess there's five if you include the two transfers from Michigan and, um, halfback slash tight end uh, Michael Ferns and offensive tackle Kyle Bosch. Uh, Both of them have to sit out. Well, Ferns definitely has to sit out a year. Bosch probably will have to sit out a year. They're waiting to hear back with the NCAA on that. Um, Junior college transfer uh, Larry Jefferson uh, will be able to play right away. He'll be in there in the spring fighting to get some time as a pass rusher uh, with the departure of Shaquille Riddick. Um, but uh, the, the two big ones that, that I'm, I'm most interested to see are the two quarterbacks, uh, David Sills out of Eastern Christian Academy and Chris Chuganoff, a.k.a. the chuggerna- Chuggernaut, as he likes to refer to himself. <laughs> uh, they have uh, out of New Jersey, uh, you know, both of them will be in here this spring. Obviously, William Crest and, and Skylar Howard both made impressions this past year, and Paul Millard has had time as a starter. Um, but the understanding is that it's going to be a completely wide-open competition this spring, and that'll be five scholarship quarterbacks, and uh, they'll get to learn the offense, get some reps, fight it out, and the coaching staff will decide the depth chart, and I imagine, you know, what is the old Highlander thing? There can be only one, and (laughs) there will be one, and there'll be a couple backups, and I— I think you might see you know a couple people part ways with the program. Just you know that's just the nature of it. It's not any big secret, but um, it should be an interesting spring with especially even with just three new guys coming in or five uh, with the transfers.
1: Sure, yeah, and uh, uh, oh my God, Chuganov! I'm so glad that he embraces that last name. I'm very <laughs> happy about this because that makes our like silly photoshops and all the dumb things we're gonna do. Like, I'm, I'm going to feel a little bit less weird about it. So that's nice. <laughs> on a personal level, like on a very selfish level, that makes me feel good. But uh, <laughs> so whenever it comes to actually papers coming in on signing day, um, can you tell us about any recruits that, I don't know, that W is in the running for that we have a good shot at or some guys that might be long shots, but you're kind of telling me there's a chance, something like that maybe?
2: Yeah, there's a handful of kids that we'll be watching closely on Wednesday. Uh, the headliner, in my opinion, is uh, Jordan Cron- um uh, kind of an athlete out of Westminster Christian. He can play running back, safety, cornerback, linebacker. Um, he's being recruited by West Virginia as a running back, and Coach Sider's really done an excellent job uh, building a relationship with him over the past year. Uh, the main competition is going to be Florida, uh, obviously home state program, but, uh, you know, they didn't really get in into this picture seriously until the last month or so when the new coaching staff arrived. Um, but he'll be choosing between those two schools um, Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is another running back to keep an eye on. He just officially visited this past weekend and has West Virginia in the top four with Illinois, Purdue, uh, and Louisville. Um, <clears throat> Illinois is kind of coming on strong uh, in, in that's kind of the talk in recruiting circles right now because they just offered Vaughn's good friend and teammate Cameron Watkins and the two would like to play together. So obviously that's something to watch, but but he did like the the pitch from the coaching staff about being the first or only running back in this class. Um, And then wide receiver Gary Jennings, he'll be choosing between West Virginia, UVA, North Carolina. Um, uh, And the one, I think if you had to, Kind of pick one guy that I f- would feel most confident will be a Mountaineer. Uh, that would be Karan White, uh, wide receiver out of Lackawanna, who, and he is the younger brother of Kevin White. Who obviously, everybody listening to this podcast is familiar with. Um, you know, He plays wide receiver at Lackawanna, where Kevin played, and he officially visited this past weekend. And he, he didn't commit during the trip. He said it wasn't even on his mind. He just wanted to have a good time, and, he had always been planning on signing on Wednesday with the rest of his teammates, and uh, you know, assuming, which I am, that the there is room in this class for him, I would assume that he will sign with West Virginia.
1: Okay, yeah, and, uh, there is a third white brother out there somewhere in the world, right? Some, uh, <laughs> am, I, am I right about that?
2: Yes, uh, and, and and he's at Lackawanna. Too Kaiser is his name. Uh, he's a 2016 recruit. He was actually recruited by West Virginia before Kevin was. Uh, out of high school, but did not have the grades to get the offer. He has gone the junior college route, got his uh, academics in order, and picked up a scholarship offer from West Virginia earlier this month. Uh, I would, I you know, still got a ways to go, obviously for him, a whole nother year. But uh, I would put West Virginia as obviously a serious contender uh, to get his signature in February of 2016.
1: Yeah, I mean, might as well just go for the triple, you know, the trifecta, hat trick, the white hat trick.
2: Yeah, that sounds good to me.
1: Yeah, I guess that's not as quite as punny as I'd hoped. Oh well, but uh, <laughs> but so that sounds great, honestly. Um, by the way, for anybody uh not familiar, even though you're on SmokingMusket.com, Com, listening to this, this is the Smoking Musket podcast. This is part two. We're going over with the publisher of Earsports.com, Com, Chris Anderson here, going over recruiting National Signing Day being on Wednesday. And so, from here, I remember last time you came on, you were talking about this 2015 class being one of the best West Virginians ever seen. Uh, Does that still hold true?
2: Um, not quite as you know outstanding, I think, as as we thought when we last spoke. Because I believe at that time, uh, West Virginia had commitments from uh, Javon Durante. Uh, Matt Jones, Stone Wolfley, um, and Tyreek Cole, while he had committed to Florida State, there was already talk of him switching to West Virginia. And Those four guys, those are four of the five highest rated recruits in West Virginia's class right now. And and all four of those came uh, or were pretty much penciled into the class over a year ago. So it's kind of been a a front-loaded class is the way I would phrase it. Uh, you know, the, the guys that have come later are obviously very talented, have offers from all over the country, um, but with West Virginia having limited scholarships and and really uh, and missing on a couple guys here and there, uh, it's probably you know, one of the better ones that West Virginia's had in recent memory, but not you know the best ever like it had seemed it could be a, a year ago.
1: Okay, yeah, and uh, so with W being, I believe, right now on the front page of 24-7 Sports, at least the West Virginia one uh, that is known as earsports.com, that was weird the way I worded that, but um, where the national rankings are right now, West Virginia is at 32. Um, is that where West Virginia should be aiming for, or should we strive for something more like top 25?
2: I think with this coaching staff and with this offense especially, um, cause I think with the offense, the offense will sell itself and, and a recent, uh, push of new Mountaineers back into the NFL. Uh, West Virginia should and could and should get a top 25 class every year, or at least an average star rating. Cause obviously the number of recruits in a class, um, it plays into that fo- formula. So for instance, this class has only 22 recruits and, uh, Just by the nature of it, won't always be that high. Um, You know, it's better to have 22 kids with a high three-star rating than 30 kids with a low three-star rating. But that 30 kid class might be ranked a little higher just because of numbers.
1: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And whenever you're talking about Antonio Brown, kind of like the rewind, um, you were saying that West Virginia had a limited number of scholarships, and so. Um, with that kind of thing, they were, I, I guess they were able to, uh, let go of Antonio maybe a little bit, uh, I don't know. They, they had a better situation too, or not. I'm not really sure. Either way, I, <laughs> damn it. Damn it. I nailed it the last time. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out exactly how to way to do this. Uh, you were talking about having West, West Virginia, having limited scholarships, which seems to be kind of a new problem in Morgantown. Uh, Over the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years, I think last year was the first time we had actually achieved uh, the maximum number of scholarships in the football program. Um, But now there's this phenomenon known as gray shirting that I guess is new in Morgantown, and uh, we might be starting to do that, or we're not going on that strategy. Um, Can you explain to the people out there listening what that even means, because you could probably do it way better than I could, and if West Virginia is starting to do that kind of thing? Uh, well,
2: gray shirting is when you recruit a player to your school, and he comes on and pays his own way for the summer or the first semester or even the whole first year, and then goes on to scholarship after that. Um, West Virginia has not done that. I don't really expect them to because, I mean, it, honestly, it's kind of hard – to convince kids to do that, especially ones that are good enough to get scholarships, typically means they have scholarships elsewhere. Um, so, you know, you're asking the kid to trust you to you know pay, what, $20,000 a year for a year and, and trust that you'll then pay for his schooling after that. Right. Um, it, it's kind of a stretch. Some schools have tried it. Uh, you know, Alabama does it. I think they really were the kind of at the forefront of doing that, um, and I think that and that the way they went about it, kind of having a kid telling them they had a scholarship for 10, 11 months, and then at the last minute telling them, hey, how about a gray shirt instead, uh, has given that term gray shirt kind of a, a negative vibe to it, um, But I, I and I think for those reasons, West Virginia will probably avoid doing that, at least not too much.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, and so as we wrap it up here with uh, with Chris Anderson of Earsports.com, I'm just gonna reset as much as I can. I feel like that. I feel more professional that way. I hear other people do it, so I just do it too. But um, with uh, with your life pretty much beginning uh, again on Thursday after National Signing Day. Um, uh, so on Wednesday, are you guys doing anything specific on the site? Uh, throughout the day, with I guess the everything starting at eight. Is that right? At eight in the morning. Yeah,
2: it'll it'll start probably early around seven a.m. or so. It kind of just depends. Um, you know, we'll have we'll have an all day chat going on. We will we'll be on there all day. We'll have the letters of intent rolling in and all that information and in the press releases from the school. <clears throat> and then Dana Holgerson will have his press conference at three o'clock and the assistant coaches will meet with the media after that to discuss, you know, the guys that they're bringing in and, and whether or not they feel like they, you know, reached the goals they had set for themselves prior to the recruiting class. Um, and, and, you know, obviously have coverage of that and, and everything over the coming days and looking back on the class and ranking, I'm sharing a few tidbits from behind the scenes about how things went down, that kind of stuff.
1: Sure, yeah, okay, absolutely, and anyone who's listening, I strongly urge you to go on Earsports and follow them, they do a fantastic job whenever it comes to uh, covering recruiting for West Virginia, and Chris, again, can't thank you enough for coming on twice in one night, (laughs) so that's very impressive, we, as a site, as a whole, and me personally, thank you for that, and I look forward for you personally, like, just... Just for your life to finally be able to go back with your family and loved ones on Thursday <laughs> and start up the class of two
2: thousand sixteen. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And uh, anytime you guys want to have me on, I appreciate it.
1: It will happen again, as long as you're absolutely willing. But um <laughs> but again we want to thank Chris Anderson for coming on and everyone listening, please stick around for part three as we will rack up excuse me, recap this um This podcast this week, uh, the headlines that went on this week, and preview the basketball games upcoming uh, for this week in Mountaineer Sports, but until part three, please stick with us and enjoy this little small interlude um, of music. Some people call it a musical interlude, I'm just going to call it an interlude of music. Do you have any uh, requests, by the way, Chris, for playing in and playing out for what is pretty much your episode of the podcast?
2: Uh, no, I like pretty much everything.
1: All right, so reggae it is. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, guys, stick around. We will go to part three. Welcome to part 3 of the Smoking Musket Podcast. Uh, we are going over the previews for the two upcoming games for West Virginia Basketball. Once again, we want to thank Chris Anderson for coming on twice in one night because the first one was terrible. And by terrible, I mean dumb technology things happen that whatever, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Attitude, um, looks
0: like leadership. No. Whatever.
1: Whatever. <laughs> but uh, but so like we were saying before the break um West Virginia is going to be going to Oklahoma on the February tw- February 3rd which is Tuesday night uh 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time ESPN2 watch ESPN app and here's the thing about Oklahoma and West Virginia Oklahoma uh, uh, they are not built to take almost Virginia as far as we can tell. Um, the Sooners lost two in a row there um, against uh, Kansas 87 uh, 78 and then went on road again to Baylor, lost 69 58, and now they are on a two game win streak after the away version of Bedlam. And a win win against Texas Tech, the historic huge win that they won by 45 Ugh. points against Texas Tech, but they beat Oklahoma State 64 to 56. But now they host number 15 West Virginia, and I still kind of feel like we are able to dump truck them if we play well.
0: They they rank, they rank seventh in the in the league committing 12 and almost 13 turnovers a game which we we turned them over uh over 20 times the first game so i think we can do that again yeah whether i mean we, th- whether or not we shoot as well as we did that last game that's that's highly doubtful but i don't I, what you would consider dump trucking is i i don't know but i think I think we could win by a comfortable eight or nine points.
1: I could see that. And that's actually, yeah, that's as comfortable as you can really ask for whenever it comes to being on the road in the Big 12. But like the last time we played Oklahoma, it was the perfect storm of us shooting really well, them either just being out of their element, not shooting well, or being forced out of both of those things due to the West Virginia defense. I mean, this press travel and, and Staten had a really crappy game, for lack of a better term. Well, yeah. I
0: have a better, I have a better term for it, but I'm censoring myself.
1: What a nice guy! Remember, no editing. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the last game, it was a perfect storm. West Virginia probably having the best game of their of the year, Oklahoma probably having the worst game of theirs, and it all being in Morgantown just led to. Major good fun times in Morgantown, but I mean, West Virginia might shoot well, but as far as we know, whenever it comes to West Virginia traveling, this press does really well. As long as West Virginia does not get into foul trouble due to the fact that Oklahoma really only uses a seven man rotation, that should just keep them in check. And unless Oklahoma, yeah, totally. Yes, it does, and unless Oklahoma decides to go into a two-three, which they might, we have talked about this. They several likely times on will. Here. Well, I mean, like- Texas Tech thought. I mean, they went into it for a little bit and then they just abandoned it, which I still have no idea why Tubby Smith would not do that. Oh, well, well, we were shooting. We're, every, yeah. We were shooting fifty percent at that point. It, uh, <sighs> I argue that we actually like we went on kind of a, store, a scoring drought, and then they went away from it, and then we started shooting well. Like we were okay. shooting well, well. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, I, I can see that. Yeah, I'm like, argue it, with you. Yeah, fair enough. Whatever. I mean that that's that's up for discussion either way. But I mean, I would. That's one of those things I would love to be able to ask W. Smith that. Like, why did you leave the two three? <laughs> but but <laughs> speaking of that, the more interesting game for me right now. Uh, for uh, looking past Oklahoma, which we shouldn't, and uh, hopefully the team does not do that, but the Baylor game. This is a problem for West Virginia. Baylor, being number 19 in the nation, 16 and five, four and four in the Big 12 right now. I'm not sure if I mentioned this before. Oklahoma is now 14 and seven, five and four in the Big 12. But Baylor is built to be a West Virginia killer. They're built exactly like Texas, and they just beat Texas by 23. Yeah. So, yeah. This might be one of the hardest they're just, games they're, for they're, West they're Virginia. Not,
0: they're not quite as beefy as Texas. They're, they've are they got the size, but they're maybe not as bulky. Not, I don't want to say beefy, but bulky. Yeah. As the Texas bigs are.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, for them, uh, Prince and... Cherry, for the Baylor Bears, both average about 12 per game. Um, Gaithers, their big man, averages 12 rebounds per game. I mean, the, the big thing about this uh, Baylor team is that they are fifth nationally in rebounding. And they shoot not that great. They shoot right around where West Virginia is at 42 43%. But they're really able to rebound well in that zone that they play consistently all the time on defense. Uh, this would be quite the demon-slaying for Bob Huggins' team if they are able to control the game against Baylor. Away. Actually, I mean, no, it's is, in Morgantown. Is it? I'm so, my apologies. My apologies, uh, everybody. Yeah, it's in, it's
0: in Morgantown.
1: So yep. I was, I thought, that's what I was confused. Correct. Sorry. My apologies. I was looking on the Baylor, Baylor uh, uh, page, and so it said at and so, my apologies, everybody. We are traveling to Norman and coming back to Morgantown against Baylor. Most of my yeah, we still yeah,
0: because that, that double di- that that road double dip didn't make sense to me either. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I didn't catch it at that point.
1: <laughs> no, it's okay. Thank you for catching, and uh, my apologies, everybody. Again, dude, we're just we're, I'm using uh, a Jalen Rose phrase here. We're a pop of the trunk. This is just all just straight up we're just sitting down and talking. <laughs> this is as minimum preparation as possible, and so we're gonna make errors and unfortunately we don't have Tony Rielli for a stat boy to correct us. But yes. Baylor coming into Morgantown. We could call Kurch he can do it. Yeah. That one, yes, <laughs> he, he stat can boy. That boy. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, if you would like to apply to being the uh, Smoking Musket Podcast stat boy, you can find us on Twitter, on Facebook. (laughs) Exactly. Please rate us on (laughs) iTunes. (laughs) Uh, I will do whatever I can to make that transition into the plugs as easy as possible. Um, But, okay, so revisiting the Baylor game. Everything I said still stands, other than the fact that we're traveling. Um, Okay, fans, if you were able to get a ticket, Please go to this game. West Virginia will need this home court advantage. And if they're able to get one against Baylor, it would be massive. Right now Baylor is ranked 15, 15th whoever comes 19th. to ESPN RPI. Oh, sorry. It's okay, nineteenth in the AP in the RPI, ESPN, they're fifteenth. I don't have the NCA RPI in front of me right now. But they have some really good wins. That's Iowa slacker. State, Oklahoma, that twenty three game. A 23-point game against Texas. They've also beaten the Aggies, Texas A&M. Um, right now, their bad losses are like Illinois and at Kansas State by two. Like these are not that bad of losses. And so beating Baylor at home, like losing to them would not be that bad. To be honest, like it wouldn't be a resume killer. At, ho- at home, at home, it wouldn't be great. It wouldn't be great, but it wouldn't like it wouldn't be wrecking. You know what I mean? Nah. Like, but nah. if we were able to beat them, like even splitting the season against Baylor with the way West Virginia is built, that would be quite the achievement. And so, if we're able to go two and zero this week, we're looking great. And now with uh, Joe Lenardi's um, Joe Lenardi's bracketology being out as of tonight, West Virginia moved up to the four seed in the West region in Jacksonville they would be facing the number 13 seed William & Mary and on the other side of um, that matchup would be number 5 seed Northern Iowa against the play-in 12 seeds NC State and St. John's so there's a possibility that we could play NC State again they would have to win two games to our one game for that to happen but the big thing for us would be the fact that we would be in the Gonzaga bracket which, no (laughs) Lose, I don't just lose whatever games ha, need to have, need to be lost for us not to be in that Gonzaga bracket, or just go absolutely undefeated and win the Big Twelve, and force the committee to give us a one seat, so Gonzaga cannot be in our bracket. Yeah. Yes. There, there's a few uh,
0: sweatpants. Bob had had a good point this morning. West Virginia has play, has is absolutely through the easiest part portion of its schedule here on out it's it's serious. Yes, what for schedule serious. is absolutely
1: backloaded. Over the next few games we're going to to number 21 Oklahoma who right now um they are number 24 in RPI whenever it comes the ESPN. I apologize for not having the NCAA RPI up right now but whatever. Then coming back to Morgantown against Baylor number 19 uh, following that is K State, unranked but still really good. Number eleven, uh, Iowa State in the Hilton Dome or Hilton Magic, Hilton Arena, Hilton Coliseum. Any, but one of those is probably right. Well,
0: uh, we <laughs> still have we still have to play Oklahoma State twice. We still have to play yep. Kansas twice. We, yeah, we, I was going to say yeah, still,
1: Kansas is in Morgantown at Oklahoma State. We still State. got Baylor twice. Texas, Baylor, out. Yeah. So. Um, Yes. So right now, let's see here: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the next ten games are against ranked teams, and one, two, three, four, five of those are away. So good times. So we got ten game.
0: We got ten games left, five, five each, home and away. Yes.
1: Okay. well At least that that works out nice. Yep. And we've already played TCU and Texas Tech twice. Yeah. And so we are. That's facing... not so good, but. Yeah. <laughs> So right now we are facing the top parts of the Big 12 for pretty much the rest of the year. And so we're going to see how good this team is, and we're going to see if this press and our shooting and all the things that Bob Huggins likes to do, if they can travel this year on the road in Big 12 environments. And it's going to be the best environments. So strap up. (laughs) Let's uh, let's hope for the best. And if West Virginia... I mean, if they come out of this, I don't know, with four losses, they should be right up there whenever it comes to some of the highest seeds in the tournament. Because, I mean, uh, that would be amazing. Even still, going six and four, uh, like I would, I would almost pretty much. So That's what 20, That would be what twenty four and six or twenty four and seven. Yeah. For the year. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially in this conference. So, I mean, right now, I mean, as we speak, Kansas is right now up by nine against Iowa State. Iowa State have actually brought it back a little bit because Kansas was going crazy against them. But uh, there's... (sighs) Absolute ceiling is somehow West Virginia just goes absolutely uh, insane and wins the Big 12. And we all start getting really, really giddy around here. Worst case is West Virginia goes on a drought and just starts losing games, and we're at this point we're going to make the tournament. Um, any loss in front of us right now would not that be that wrecking of a loss? I, yeah, I, that's don't that, that's, say the, the that's the that's the one.
0: That,
1: yeah,
0: that's the one advantage of, of this backloaded thing. Losses at this point aren't going to be bad losses.
1: Yeah,
0: unless unless they're just unless we're just completely blown out of the water like we were against Texas again.
1: Yeah, which could happen, but yeah. But yeah, so I think that pretty much wraps it up for us. Whenever it comes to our National Signing Day coverage, uh, yeah, we're gonna be putting up uh, articles.
0: We'll have with... we'll have player profiles through the day as the as the faxes come in. So um, stick with us. Um, we're trying, 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 but no no promises at this point because we still need a commitment from him. But there's there's a chance that we'll have uh, the signal caller Jed Drenning on with us next week to discuss the signings from this week's signing day. So I'm excited. Yeah, that, yeah. cross your fingers, folks, and don't tweet at him and beg him. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: leave that to us. Yeah, leave that to us. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're ho- hoping to get some. Uh, in which case I'm sure I'm pretty sure we'll get our buddy uh Brandon Pretty on with us at that point too. So. Woo! Yeah.
1: But more voices more voices. <laughs> yeah. Lots of more voices. But yeah, so um we're going to see how this unedited thing goes and okay, by the way, number one, whatever I say unedited, I'm still going to put like the, the intro and the music in and stuff. I'm just not taking out all the ums and ahs and all that good good times.
0: Yeah. And 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 the repeating that you're not going
1: to take out the ums and awhs. <laughs> Right. You've only said that about eight times. And the repeating of me not taking out the ums and Oss, <laughs> And even the repeating. No, between. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's Groundhog all Day, after all, here. you know. It is. <laughs>
0: that's hilarious. <laughs> I'm done here. Are you done here? Ned, Ned Ryerson?
1: <laughs> Punch in face. Needlehead Ned? <laughs> Watch for the puddle, everybody. But. All right, I'm done here. Mark, do you have anything to say to the, our lovely, lovely Bogotter listeners? I'd love to give you a Groundhog
0: Day quote right now, but I can't think of a good one off the top of my head. So, Way to go.
1: But, All right, guys, thank you again for listening. We really appreciate it. Please tell friends about this or explain podcasting to somebody. Because <laughs> Honestly, there's a lot of people that don't really understand it, and if we can really spread this thing out, that'd be awesome. Also, sending some mail. You want to tweet us any type of yeah. questions or anything like that? Leave us up on Facebook or you know. We'll give you an answer. Like we're not we're not not gonna promise a good answer, but we'll give you an answer. Depends how much uh, you're sending to our PayPal account. We don't have a yeah. PayPal account. I made that up. Okay, that's it. All right. Well, it looks like Kansas is probably gonna win this one, but whatever. All right, for Mark. Yeah, they're Mark, back
0: up by 16.
1: Yeah, yeah. But for Mark Wie97, thank you for joining us. And always, it's a let's. Uh, no, I was saying them. I'm not thanking you. Come on now. <laughs> Jeez. I will thank again, Chris Anderson. But yes, as always, let's go, Mountaineers. And bye, buddy. Bye, buddy. buddy you find your, find dad. your dad. Yeah. Two times. <laughs> yeah. See you, kids.